0: Happy Tuesday, faithful listener. This is Jen here with P40 Ministries podcast, and I have a very special guest on the podcast this morning, and this is my good friend, Kelsey. So, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So, I grew up with Jen. We went to high school together, and eventually I moved to Ohio, which is where I go to church at the Light and Kent Ministries, and I do worship leading there.
0: And what specifically do you do for worship leading? What do you play?
1: Um, I'm all vocal, so I don't do instruments. Well, that's awesome, because a lot
0: of my listeners here know that I am also a worship leader, so Kelsey and I, we used to sing together in high school, and that was a lot of fun. But today we are in Matthew chapter 9, and we will be reading verses 1 through 8, so you can go ahead and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. I will be reading out of the AMP version of the Bible, but of course, you can read out of whatever version you prefer. And Jesus, getting into a boat, crossed over the Sea of Galilee and came to Capernaum, his own city. They brought to him a man who was paralyzed, lying on a stretcher. Seeing their act of faith springing from confidence in him, Jesus said to the paralytic, Do not be afraid, son. Your sins are forgiven. The penalty is paid, the guilt is removed, and you are declared to be in right standing with God. And some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes by claiming the right and the prerogatives of God. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven and the penalty is paid? Or to say, Get up and walk? For both are possible for God. Both are impossible for man. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority and the power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And he got up and he went home, healed and forgiven. When the crowd saw this, they were awestruck, and they glorified God, and they praised him, who had given such authority and power to men. So Kelsey, what is the first thing to you that stands out in this passage of scripture?
1: Well, Jesus was more concerned about the man's heart and the fact that he made his heart right with God, and the miracle was sort of not an afterthought, but an extra show of God's love towards this man and to also show the other people his own love towards this man.
0: So in other words, uh, what stood out to you was the fact that Jesus says to the man that his sins are forgiven before he even says anything about the man being healed.
1: Exactly. I think... Jesus wants us to walk closely with him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And even if the man can walk, if he doesn't have a relationship with God, that really means nothing in the end.
0: Yeah, it's a really good way to put that. <laughs> um, yeah, that actually stood out to me as well because Jesus is crossing over the Sea of Galilee. So you remember from, uh, I think it was Thursday's podcast episode where we talked about Jesus healing the two men who had demons inside of them. And after that town begged Jesus to leave, he gets into the boat, he just leaves, and he crosses over the Sea of Galilee and he gets back to his own city, which is Capernaum. And they end up bringing to him a man who was paralyzed and lying on a stretcher. And he saw their active faith springing from confidence in him. And this is why I like the AMP version of the Bible. They give so much more. They go straight back to the Greek and to the Hebrew. And I like what verse two says, Jesus saw their active faith springing from confidence in him. So this paralyzed man had this confidence in Jesus. And he knew that Jesus would be able to heal him or heal him from his sins. And it's funny because it doesn't say anywhere here that the paralytic man asks Jesus to heal him. They just bring him lying on a stretcher. And Jesus immediately says to the paralytic, Do not be afraid, for your sins are forgiven. The penalty is paid, the guilt is removed, and you are declared to be in right standing with God. Just reading this paragraph right here, it sounds to me that the paralytic was afraid because Jesus says, do not be afraid. So Jesus was really getting to the core issue, not the fact that this man was a paralytic and needed healing, but that this man had an active faith in Jesus and wanted to be healed from his sins. So Kelsey, is there anything else in this passage that really speaks to you? Something that jumps out, um, something that maybe you personally felt from this passage.
1: So something that really jumped out to me was verse 3 where it says, and some of the scribes said to themselves, this man blasphemes by claiming the rights and the prerogatives of God. And it brings me back to my own relationship with God and things that I presumed about God that actually weren't true and things that God changed my view of as I grew closer in my relationship with him.
0: Can I ask what maybe one of those viewpoints was?
1: (laughs) So growing up, I've always been a type A perfectionist, Mm -hmm. and I always felt like I had failed God if I sinned or made a mistake. But as my relationship with him changed, I realized that it's not that God doesn't realize we're not going to make mistakes during our walk with him, but it's that we're trying and that our heart is right with him. And that brings us back to the paralyzed man who he wanted his heart to be right with God. And that's what God sees. He sees your intentions. He sees He sees the truth through all the fog, through all the rules, through mm-hmm. all of the lies that people have told you, things that you have believed but aren't true.
0: You know, that's actually a really great point because... We were just talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and I had mentioned that every single thing that Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount had to do with the heart and where the heart was. In, in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 9, the hearts of these Pharisees here, these scribes and these Pharisees were wrong. The hearts were wrong because they were saying, this man blasphemes by claiming the rights and the prerogatives of God. And Jesus, it says in verse 4, knew their hearts and he said that they were thinking evil in their hearts. It is all about where the heart is. You know, these scribes and these Pharisees in verse 3, they thought they were above this paralytic man. They thought they were above probably most of the people in the crowd. They were the ones who studied the scriptures. They were the ones who knew all about the law and the prophets. And they were saying in their hearts, this man blasphemes. And Jesus was saying, they are thinking evil. So meanwhile, he's over here saying to the paralytic man that this man was forgiven because he had a heart that wanted to be forgiven. And meanwhile, these scribes and these Pharisees are blaspheming in their hearts and their hearts are evil.
1: So those men, as they're thinking... That they're more powerful than jesus jesus goes and stands up to them and says but you know that the son of man has authority and the power on earth to forgive sins mm-hmm. so god stood up to those lies and then he proceeds to prove them wrong by healing the paralyzed man and showing them and with action that? that was verse six mm-hmm. so in verse six jesus proceeds to heal the man by saying get up pick up your stretcher, and go home. So not only does he tell those men, you're lying, you're evil, but he speaks the truth and he follows it with an action and shows the crowds that he is the way, the truth, and the life.
0: Well, that's really good. I really like that. Bringing this forward to right now, you know, Jesus is supposed to be our our model, the person that we look to in order to model how they live. As Christians, we are taught to believe that Jesus is our model. He speaks truth in the midst of the lies. He speaks the truth. You know, Jesus never, ever, ever allows these lies to take precedent over what is the truth. He always speaks the truth. That is something I don't see a lot of in today's Christian culture. What about you, Kelsey?
1: A lot of times the lies are heard over the truth, and people who know the truth are too afraid to stand up. But Jesus stood up for the truth. He stood up for what was true and good and moral. And he didn't allow the lies to take over.
0: Right. Thanks for that perspective you brought, Kelsey. That was really good. But then in verse 7, I really love this. I noticed this. It says, the man got up, went home, healed and forgiven. So not only was he healed, but he was also forgiven. The more important of the two.
1: And in verse 8, it talks about the crowds. So the crowd saw this. They were awestruck and glorified God and praised him. So not only did Jesus change the man's life that day by saving him and healing him, he witnessed to all those other people. Mm-hmm. So this man was paralyzed his entire life and probably wondered, why? Why am I this way? And God did end up using it to touch all those people.
0: Right. Yeah, that's good, too i do want to ask you though in verse 8 i'm noticing something it says at the very very end of verse 8 the crowds glorified and praised god who had given such authority and power to men so what do you think that means kelsey do you think that they that these people thought that jesus was just a man who had you know gotten this glory from god and was able to heal this paralyzed man or do you think that this verse means that they had seen this man, this paralyzed man, gain this power in his legs to be able to walk home. And I haven't researched this, so I'm not actually sure. I would like to hear your, your perspective on this.
1: I think, I think it could be a little bit of both. My first thought is Jesus came to bridge the gap between man and God, and he came to be the ultimate sacrifice. I think God has his disciples surrounding him and they actually had the power to do that too. And Jesus showed that. So I think it represents Jesus also giving the power to his disciples being able to use that faith and ask God to heal those people too. I don't know how to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's actually true
0: though, because it does say later in scripture that the disciples were given power to heal and to cast out demons so i actually do think that that's a that's a good uh point but this was matthew chapter 9 and this was also my friend kelsey thank you kelsey so much for coming on the show and for uh giving some great insights about uh, matthew chapter 9 verses 1 through 8 join me tomorrow 6 a.m we will be back in genesis discussing more about abraham and definitely join me for that it's going to be an interesting chapter for sure but thank you guys so much for tuning in i really do appreciate everybody and you know if you need some christmas shopping done make sure to go to p40ministries.com shop and take a look at my t-shirt store and some of the great gifts that i have there but once again thank you guys and i'm going to ask that everybody have a wonderful rest of your day happy listening And God bless.